Blog Talk Radio.
you know, when you have a team that was filled with so many stars and you don't win a championship, things can go south really quickly when you have those, those when you have what many consider to be three of the best players in the position for many years and still not win it, the championship, you have them player and you have, you have people starting to blame and, and, and choose sides and pit themselves against one another and ultimately you throw in a loud narcissism and Antonio Brown and you get an absolute fireball of a situation. Um, I don't even know where to start. So I, real, I'll start with Antonio Brown. Like he's the, I start off the show saying fuck Antonio Brown. So this dude, you know, it's like in life where you dated, you're with a girl for a couple of years, and she was the baddest chick you've ever been with, the most beautiful girl that you've ever been with. People are jealous. Like, damn, man. Like, look at you. And it's like, yeah, look at us. We got Antonio Brown. And then, only to come out and find out this person's a complete and utter psychopath, not only when she breaks up with you, does she split your tires, she also, you know, smashes your windshield over, keys your car, and you're left with that car, and you try to trade it in. You try to trade it into the dealership, try to get some sort of value out of it. But you find out you only get maybe a fraction of what it used to be worth because they decided to destroy themselves. And that's what Antonio Brown did. Not only did he eject himself from the Steelers, but he also managed to degrade his trade value to not even match the player and his actual value on the field. And it was the most destructive, awful thing that literally I couldn't have even fathomed was possible. But somehow he accomplished it, looking like Hulk Hogan and Coolio's love child during that whole entire process. Conniving his way out of Pittsburgh wait, and getting wait, a massive wait, deal. Wait, 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 hold on. Did you say Hulk Hogan and Coolio's love child? Yes. Yes. That's what he looked like when he when he oh freaking blonde, or when he dyed his his mustache oh blonde, man. Oh my god. Damn. You talking about yeah. boys. See what happens when you're Yeah. Team? None of that sounds perfect. I mean, he's talking about him like a dog now. Good God. Man, tell me about it. A lot of hurt, man. There's a lot of hurt. Got a lot of hurt over here. Got, it's like you get your girl the engagement ring, show up to the altar, and she just, you know, lights the church on fire. Basically what happened. And hey, listen, that whole story so, you told about the fine woman and slashing of the tires, I just want to say I did not have sexual relations with that woman, okay? I don't know what you're trying to say, but I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Okay, go ahead. ahead. Well, we did in the Burns when we peed. And the result of that is Juju (laughs) Smith-Schuster, Juju (laughs) Smith-Schuster, still feuding with a guy who's no, no longer on the team because Antonio Brown still apparently, he got his money, but he hasn't got out of his feelings yet because he still wants to, talk shit about players on the team. It's like, dude, not only did you absolutely, like, just just rape us, but now you're, like, picking us when we're, when we're down and, and, and coming after our young players out of jealousy. I've never seen anything like it. You know, God bless Troll Owens because A.B. is a whole different animal. And I know a lot of people didn't like T.O., but, my God, I've never seen T.O. do some shit like this. Thank you. That's the best, best thing you have said in years. Damn right. <laughs> I'm just saying, damn right. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, and real quick, real quick, hey. as far as the Steelers, the prospects go for the division, 
you know, the Browns look like the most talented team. I mean, this is the NFL. We've seen teams that are really talented, like the Eagles a uh, odd years ago, that don't materialize. Um, I suspect the Browns will be very good. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, the Steelers still have still have a really good foundation. Still have the best quarterback in the division, um, and we'll see what the draft will add about the that? draft. The draft is for the Steelers' pride, so we'll see what happens. But obviously, I would concede that the Browns right now are clearly the front runner in the division, and very weird feeling. You, for that you, to be you, the case. you sure? You sure Ben is going to remain the best quarterback in that division? Until he retires. You seen who Until Baker Mayfield? You seen who Baker Mayfield got in his backfield when he comes off a of suspension? Yeah. And who is mm. number one and mm. number two wide receivers are? Mm. Yeah, they're Baker was a bad boy last year. You sure, Big Ben is going to remain? I'm not saying he isn't. He is the best quarterback, most accomplished, and the most talented as of last year. Yes. Yeah. You sure he's going to keep that, that title this year? We'll see. I mean, Baker has a lot of a lot of players around him to elevate his game. You know, Baker doesn't even need to be a better quarterback than Ben. His play might just be elevated by that incredible supporting cast he has. But James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster aren't, you know, they're still talented guys. Well, Conner, yeah, shit was Conner eight. Connor that's not going to get off Connor ain't Bell. Nope, he's not. And, and no matter what you want to say about Brown, you ain't Brown, bro. Brown got I know. a lot of issues. I, know. I ain't going to lie. He got issues, but let's call it like it is. Can Juju carry that mantle now that he ain't got a Hall of Famer on the other side of the field? There's a lot of questions in Pittsburgh, dog. There's a lot of questions in Pittsburgh right now. Just saying. There are. There are. And Baker, I'm just saying, that's a bad boy. I'm just saying. I, I, woo, woo, woo. Um, gentlemen, JB are a, a, a train. Wait a minute. First of all, Dr. Train, man. Dr. Well, train, I have not talked to you. I have not talked to you. Man, I don't <laughs> even, I, what year is this? What is this, 2001? I don't even know what year this is. Dr. Train, how are you, Dr. Train? <laughs> I'm good, bro. <laughs> okay, man. I, you know, I've talked to you, you know, uh, you know. I, I you know, know it, I, man. My life hasn't been complete. I ain't talked to my boy, man. I mean, I talked to my brother. I argue with K Star. Talk to my brother. <laughs> you know, K Star Trump over there. We, 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 you know, we have our moments. But I haven't talked to Train, man. I feel like, you know, don't felt the love, man. I'm here, bro. I'm here. All right. All right. Well, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have any other thoughts? Um, you know, the only reason I ask is because, you know, not that we would ever want to kick somebody while they're down, <clears throat> um, and not that if the shoe was on the other foot and the shoe has been on the other foot, K-Star hasn't kicked us when we were down because, you know, I'm just saying, and 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 we we're gonna assume. I guess it's too early to really tell, but I ain't too optimistic about the Steelers. They they look they look a mess, a total mess. Anybody got anything to add? No, I mean they do. They they look horrific right now. Uh, they look like a 
um, batch of scrambled eggs, to be honest with you. But this is the off season, and you never know what's going to happen. I think this time a year ago, we looked at Seattle. We weren't too sure what was going to happen with Seattle. Granted, they had Russell Wilson. Granted, they had Earl Thomas, but we just weren't sure what was going to happen. Them some bitches sneaking into the playoffs. So, Steelers still got talent. It's just scrambled up, and, and they've got more head issues and headaches than uh, than anything else. So, I mean, on paper, Cleveland looks pretty damn daunting. Games aren't on paper, so it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes it out. Okay. Man, I, I'll just say all I'll just say all eyes on Mike Tumlin, man. You know, you got rid of the this this, this quote unquote. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna use a simple term, just say kind of cancer on the team, or uh, let's let's use a more positive term, just say distraction. You got rid of your two biggest distractions, so lead your team, get your team back in order. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I I pose a question to all of you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record and say that maybe K Star we just answered K Star, but if K Star has another answer, he can go last. But um, the, the question that I want to ask is when you look at the off season, right? Um, I don't know. One thing that has happened since the Super Bowl that kind of surprised you. It could be about your own, it could be about your team, or it could just be, you know, NFL in general or whatever. But think for a second about something that happened that caught your attention that, you know, wow, I didn't see that coming out. That was a surprise. Because to me, this was one of the most active, as far as storylines go, off seasons I've seen in a long time. So, I'll give you a minute to let that let that marinate. And then um you know, if I had the Jeopardy music playing, I'd play it right now, but I don't think I have the theme of Jeopardy on on here. I should look because 'cause I've been doing this so long, sometimes I forget some of the stuff I have on here. I do not have the theme of Jeopardy, so never mind. Um but uh let me see train if you got something. Something that happened this off season that caught you off guard you didn't see coming. Like I said, it could be about your team. Or it could be NFL in general. Uh, it's going to be more general and not quite specific, but there were a number of players that got traded. I mean, players who were on franchise tags. Like, go that general, because then you're going to kill Hey, look, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seeing uh, right now, I, I, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at, like, Kansas City sending away D D four to San Francisco, knowing that their defense needs to get better. They didn't re-sign Houston, and I was like, okay, it doesn't make sense. But then today it comes full swing. They trade and they give Frank Clark sign him to a new deal. It's like, well, why did you want to give D four that money? And then I look at Seattle and say, well, damn, you just traded away what seemed like a really good pass rusher. What the hell's going on? You do know you still need defense, even though you gave your boy a ridiculous amount of money. Strange, man. Strange. Like hey, he's like that's so shipping away players in their prime, man. You weren't surprised at losing Jordan Howard? 
I didn't no. see that one coming, but I don't follow your team as closely as you do. Yeah, I, I follow my team too closely to know that was going to happen. So you weren't surprised at that one? No. So who's, who's, who's your running back now? Uh, Davis. Mike Davis from Seattle along with Tariq Cohen. Okay. Who's going to be your feature back? Mike Davis. Yeah? Okay. Mm, okay. So, okay, I guess Green Bay is going to win that division. Okay. Um, JB. Um, Don't be an asshole. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. It's too early for that. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> let's, get, let's get the training camp first. <laughs> Uh, JB, you got something? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, it somewhat piggybacks off of um, what Dr. Train just said. It's the yeah, overall he movement. Of he took six of them, so go ahead. I, I'll let you piggyback. He took about <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, I'm, there's, there's, there's one in particular, but I'll get to that in a minute. The first one is just the overall movement of players, period, regardless of their um, spot on the franchise. Just the overall movement I thought was – was um, eye-opening. The the other piece was, I, I, for some reason, I feel like this offseason was a power struggle between players and ownership. It seems as though with the whole Antonio Brown situation, the players were going to be more, um, I guess, more strengthened, if you will, lack of a better term. They seem to have more, more uh, pop and prowess, similar to the players in the NBA where they have – more of a um, knowing and more control of their own destination, where they want to go. And and for all the things that we've said, or at least K-Star said about Antonio Brown, he played it perfectly for him because that's really ultimately who he's concerned about. And I can't blame him for that. There's some of the antics I don't agree with, but he played it perfectly. And it felt like we were getting to that point with some of these others, and all of a sudden OBJ gets traded, which – I'm not shocked. I am surprised, but I'm I'm not completely shocked about. So it just seems like there's this ongoing undercurrent of of player strength struggle, if you will. And um, I hadn't seen that kind of movement in past off seasons. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, just just as a oh shit, didn't mean to do that. Um, just as a well. To answer the question, um, for me, it's real easy of everything that that shocked me. And there were quite a few things that shocked me. Beckham being traded did surprise me because he's a he's a generational type player. I didn't see that coming. Um, even with all the issues that they had, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think Brown would get traded either. I thought at the end of the day they'd come to some sort of, you know, they would work it out. You know what I mean? Like when you have players like that, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I get it. They, they're divas, and they, but that's just part of the NFL to a certain degree. I mean, now certainly uh, I think both of these guys have kind of showed why they were traded because they won't shut the hell up. They both keep talking. It's like you're, you're gone. You're out of there. Why are you still talking? But I think for me, honestly, <laughs> um, as closely as I follow my Cowboys, did not see Jason Witten coming out of retirement. Didn't see that at all. Um, and frankly, other than maybe Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Jason Garrett, 
nobody in Dallas saw this coming because all offseason the talk was, what are we going to do with tight end? You know, this tight end by committee thing can't work forever, and which tight end is going to, going to rise out of the bunch, or do you go get uh, someone in the draft, or is there, you know, can you trade and go get like a, uh, an aging, like a Gates or someone for one year, like, a, you know, an, an aging superstar bringing in for a year. Obviously, it's kind of what they did, but they brought in their own guy. But, you know, there was a lot of discussion. Like, it was a hot topic uh, in Dallas. So, and at no point during anything that I read, that I listened to, did I hear any thoughts about Jason Witten and what are the chances of getting Jason Witten. I did hear something late last season where apparently Jason Garrett approached him and said, any interest in coming and doing this and signing for the rest of the season and helping us in the playoffs? And um, Witten said no. You know, he had his commitment with uh, Monday Night Football, and he was going to see it through. Now, maybe that got him thinking, and maybe, you know, who knows. But I did know that. Um, but that totally blew me away that he came out of retirement and um, 37 years old is coming back to the Cowboys. Didn't see that coming. And I know my team. I follow the team as closely as anything, and I was like, "What?" I was real happy, but um, but but I do want to say this. Um, there's been a lot of talk. This is just my opinion. Um, been a lot of talk about Le'Veon Bell and you know what he did working, and is he setting a precedent for future players, um, and a lot of people can, you know, kind of patting him on the back for what he did. And, um, you know, and I, and I was really happy when Tank Lawrence got signed by Dallas and they were going to tag him. And he said, he said he didn't want to play another year under the tag, but he did come back later and say, I ain't stupid. If we didn't do a deal, I would have came back and played. I wasn't going to give up $20 million. Like, he came and said, no, I was going to play, you know. And I was glad to hear that because I don't want the NFL to turn into the NBA. I don't want the NFL. I mean, I get it. Bell felt like, you know, it was in his best interest to sit out a year, give up the money, not put 400 carries on his body, and then go play somewhere else and start over and get the big contract that he wants. And that's what he got. And he got the contract. Now, let's now, now. Did it work? Well, if the ultimate goal is to get the contract, then yes, it worked. Um, but let's see what happens because now he's going to the Jets, okay? Um, and he missed an entire year. So, you know, and I know a guy was a top three, top two running back, but let's see what happens. And then come back at the end of the next season and see, can we say, did it really work? How well did the Jets play? Was it a good move? How well did he play? You know, are the Jets a contender? Because to me – it's not just about that big contract. That's certainly part of it. These guys want to get paid. I get that. But don't you want to win too? And hasn't major sports shown the modern-day superstar athlete that if all you want is a big contract, you're chipping yourself? Because if you play on a winning team, and you're one of the best in the game, won't you get endorsements that will dwarf what you make with your contract? Why Tom Brady, well, I know he's got Giselle, but 
Tom Brady takes a pay cut. Look at Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott makes $780,000 a year right now. He is the 70th paid quarterback in the NFL right now. He has 12 national endorsement deals, being the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. Now, he's going to get paid. Make no mistake about it. He's going to get paid. But in the meantime, he ain't hurting. Because because he's playing well on a team that's been a contender, that's a nationally spotlighted team, he's able to go out there and make big money. Now, can Bell go do that? Playing for the, now, he can do it in New York because New York's a great market. But can he do that with the Jets? Time will tell. We will see. So I, I, I will say I, I, he got what he wanted, but I think it's too early to say that what he did worked. If the only measure is a big contract, then, yeah, you're right. It worked. But yep. I think some of these superstars are playing for more than just big contracts. That's my opinion. No, yeah, I agree with you. This, this was the money I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get you. You got his, boy. I get you. So, what's that? You got his. So, um, we'll see if he gets his on the field. So, um, let's check this out. I got something to play for you guys. I hope this works. Let's check this out.
that's who they go with. They end up being Aikman, and it, it turned out to be the right right plan of attack. I don't see why they can't do the same thing here. They can figure out what the trade value is going to be, and if it's not enough, you keep them. You hold on to them and see whoever wins it out. But um, I, I think I think Arizona needs to go with that because they need to put some some butts in the seats too. And the guy can play. Yeah, he's short. Yeah, he's probably the first overall quarterback selected that's under six feet. I get all of that. But dude can play, and he can run. And if they have a lack of offensive uh, linemen being able to protect him, he can get out of there because he's quick and he's elusive. So, And he's, and he's pretty accurate as well. So if I were them, I, I would go with, with um, Kyler Murray at number one. Okay. Gentlemen, do you guys agree or disagree? with J.B.'s assessment on the first pick Thursday night, 48 hours away. Yeah, for my end, I mean, the all-signs point to Kyler Murray, from what I can tell, uh, from their signing of their head coach, to their lack of commitment to Josh Rosen, which would, of course, um, that should be a trade we should look out for, Josh Rosen being moved within the draft. Um but at any rate, Kyler Murray seems to be the Kyler Murray seems to be the uh, top prospect and player in which Arizona is coveting. And um, are you there? Did I lose you? You got he me. He fell yeah, off the map. There he is. No, I was. Did you get abducted by aliens? The Kyler- oh, okay, there. <laughs> Lost my mind, Antonio Brown style. Um, <laughs> no, I think Kyler Murray seems to be this is, seems to be the top pick, uh, top consensus, and that would involve a Josh Rosen trade. Um, not to get there, but of course that'll be the after effects, probably to stockpile some more draft picks uh, within the actual draft. So all all systems go seem to be for Kyler Murray. Okay. So are you asking? Is it my reception or is it? Sorry, yeah, I'm just, yeah. Do you think do you think the Cardinals will pick Murray, or do you or not? Was the question? Okay. Um, yeah. And the reason I, I'm asking, I think the reason okay. I'm asking is because as recently as uh, yesterday, it's been reported that Arizona might be rethinking um, that pick. And there are some people out there that are saying it may not be as much of a done deal as everyone thought. So I, it could be Arizona's playing games, which I don't know why they would need to do that. They have the first pick, so <laughs> you know you're in control of the first pick, so you don't have to throw anybody off the scent. Usually, people that have farther down, you know, may want to throw somebody off the scent, so a team higher up mm-hmm. won't steal their pick. But they don't have to do that. But as recently as well, yesterday, there were some reports saying that maybe Arizona would go in a different direction. I think, well, it's 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 pre- it's pressure on them for the one for for the simple fact that you know um, you 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 hired a head coach last year and you fired him after one year and then you go grab a guy out of college who didn't even have a winning record. And since the NFL ties, you know, has a tendency. Well, normally this is how it falls. You end up tying head coach to quarterback. Um, this is his chance to get his guy. Um, 
I think they'll probably end up caving and doing it. Um, but Josh Rosen just didn't have a chance last year. I mean, that, that entire team was in shambles. Yeah. And um, considering that you got people like Quentin Williams and the linebacker Devin White from LSU who are true day one starters, like coming out the gate, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that you should, but I think they'll possibly cave and do it because it's all about, you know, Cliff Kingberry and his offense, and you got to have a quarterback that can run his offense. Yeah, I, I yeah, uh, agree. Agree with all of you. Um, I'll even go one step further. I think Rosen's out of there. Um, I don't think they're gonna. They're gonna do like Dallas did. Um, the Dallas was it was it was a really unique situation with Walsh and Aikman and Aikman first round pick. Walsh came in as a compensatory pick, and um, it was just it was just odd situation. You know, new head coach, and it, it was it was a really odd you know odd situation. Um, I look at the Redskins when they drafted. RG3 and Kirk Cousins in the same draft. And um, RG3 was the starter, but in time, Kirk Cousins took over that team. And, um, but, so I, I look at that as something that could, it could be, you know, some sort of similarity, even though they're not coming out in the same draft. But I think Rosen's gone. I think they're going to, you know, they're going to put the, put the team in the Kyler Murray's hands. Um, certainly Kingsbury knows him very well. And uh, I think Murray, will, you know, they're just going to give him the reins. You know, there there is a problem when you have a backup, and that backup is is kind of looking over your shoulder, and you don't want that with a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, of, of uh, Murray's pedigree, you want him to take the reins without any distractions, without any, you know, feeling like if you go in there and you don't play well and you start 0-4, you're, you're on the bench and here comes Rosen. You, you don't want that. So my prediction is they're going to go get Murray and then you're going to see Rosen get traded to a team that needs a quarterback. And I think they actually think it would be a good move, give him another, give him a fresh start somewhere else. That's my opinion. So, um, and we'll and I could see that happening. I think bigger picture, in, in my opinion, is a systemic problem with the Cardinals organization as a whole, because this, this GM here, I, I don't know. We talked about this a year ago, or not even a year ago. I think it was when we were wrapping it up at the end of this past season when they, they fired Wilkes after one year. I think we all were in agreement that he needed more time to show that team and solidify and to be gone that fast I thought was was incorrect. Now you're coming back and, and you're basically putting yourself in this position to have to draft another quarterback because you didn't address the needs that you should have addressed in, in the in the in the prior year, either through free agency or through draft. So there's something going on with this GM that doesn't rub me the right way and he's gotta get it right this time around if he wants to see another season in my opinion. Yeah, it's like it's like Groundhog Day over there. They just did this <coughs> cycle last year. They literally just did this last year. They drafted Rosen in the first round, and they hired a head coach. And now it's like, all right, never mind. Screw it. One year, you guys are both out, and uh, let's let's get a new head coach and let's try this yet again. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't know if it's the owner or if it's the GM or a combination. I have I, I don't know. I don't know. But the higher ups, they got to figure it out. 
because they're not putting the team or the organization as a whole in position to win ball games. They're just not doing it. Oh, God, there's so much I can say. Um, agreed. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out which which, which direction I want to go here. I apologize for the hesitation because it's, I have three or four things on my mind. So what I am noticing in the NFL is um, – There is a increased emphasis on winning now. And what I mean by that is I think the NFL, and I'm not talking about the league office. I'm talking about the NFL, like the team. To be totally honest, I think they're sick and tired of the Patriots. I think 31 teams are sick and tired of the Patriots because this is a team that no matter who is on that roster, you can look back at all the people they've lost, traded, retired, uh, released, and they still come back and they're competitive. Now, I have been very clear to say that it's over, and I'll either be, you know, you know, the omniscient one, as I'm known as, or I will be the fool that will come on about halfway through the season and say, I guess I was wrong. Um, so we'll find out pretty quickly if, if, my prediction is true. I saw a lot of signs of a lesser than stellar Tom Brady last year, um, but that's a different discussion that we can we can address as the season gets closer. But the system that Belichick has put in place has produced nine Super Bowl appearances and six wins, with with probably probably never the most talented roster in the NFL. At any point in time. I mean, if you think about it, you know, what Hall of Fame running back have they had? What Hall of Fame wide receiver had they had? Okay, they had Randy Moss for one year. I won't even count it because he wasn't drafted and he didn't grow there. So, and Gronk was a tight end. So, we can say, okay, they had Gronk, but they won Super Bowl without Gronk two years ago or three years ago, whatever that year he was hurt. They went and won it. So, you know, when you look at the Patriots and what they've been able to accomplish, and I think there's 31 teams that are just sick of it. And I think all, every one of them is just like, I'm tired of this crap. What, why are they able to be competitive year after year after year after year? And we're sitting over here, you know, doing what we're doing. And I think we're seeing decisions being made thinking, I'm tired of this crap. You need to go in here and show. I mean, even my very own Dallas Cowboys. You want to talk about another surprise? They didn't extend Jason Garrett? Coming off of a winning, winning the division, winning a playoff game, and Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones are pretty much saying, yeah, that ain't enough. Great progress. That ain't enough. We're not extending you. You got one more year on your contract. Get it done, or you're fired. That's pretty much what they're saying. No one in Dallas saw that coming either. But the reason is everyone's sick of New England. Everyone's tired of it. And so all of these moves and all these, you know, hey, I don't agree with Wilkes getting fired after one year. I don't agree with that. But I think teams are saying, 
look, I, you know, we're not there day after day, week after week, right? So we can sit here on the outside and say, damn, you can't turn a team around in one year and then let, let a guy go. But you can evaluate someone's work ethic. You can evaluate how much the team is buying in. You can evaluate the week-to-week performance and buy into the team and if progress is being made. We can look at, um, you know, what happened in Cleveland after they got rid of Hugh Jackson and how that team immediately started to play competitive football immediately with the same roster. So, you know, you can see what happened there, and now this year, this season, there's a lot of expectations that they're going to be very competitive. Like, that's what every team wants to do. They're like, we're going to be competitive now. Uh-uh, I ain't waiting two, three years. This ain't the 76ers, the process. <laughs> you know, we're going to go do this now. Because damn Patriots do it every damn year. And they have to play with the same salary cap that we do. And they do it every year. What's wrong with us? And I think that's what we're saying. And that's why we're seeing teams like the Giants say, hey, you know, Beckham, great talent, locker room distraction. He got to go. And Cleveland said, we'll take him. We need to win. We'll take him. You know, Brown, locker room distraction, you know, selfish. He got to go. And Gruden saying, I'll take him. <laughs> Get him out over here with me. So it, it's going to be very interesting, the draft, and it's going to be very interesting um, what happens as far as other moves that will be made. It, is, it really is going to be very, very interesting. I, I think the other thing, T, to add to what you, yes. what you're saying, I, I agree, yes. I agree with you. The Patriots have a ridiculous formula that uh, other teams are trying their best uh, to copy, and it's not just, and it's not only just that they consistently have Tom Brady, because every year we keep thinking Tom Brady is starting starting to go downhill. And then every year when you look at the Patriots team, it's not like they start out the gates real fast. It's just at some point in the year that team comes together. Um, uh, But I think in addition to that is that when you look at what the Eagles did a couple years ago and the way they won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback who just got paid a ridiculous amount of money, other teams are standing themselves like, what is my real excuse uh, for not doing it. And still, like, there are a few players we know on the Eagles' uh, offense and maybe one or two players we know on their defense, but nobody – can anybody run five names off that defense that won that Super Bowl? Five. <laughs> no. Right. Unless you're uh, an Eagles fan. No. Mitchell, Cox. I'm going to try. I'll give, you, try. I'll give you them two. Yeah. I'll give you them two. Mike, can, can you give me – What's Michael B? Michael Bennett wasn't on the team by then, right? He See, was, uh, the fact that you're Seattle, asking just so. means <laughs> yeah, you're let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just let it go, K-Star. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, that's a mic drop right there. <laughs> so, what's well, a good point? It's a good point. I, I mean, but that's but that is the point. It's like there, there's no excuses being made, and then you saw what the Eagles did last year. I, hey, yes, fucking Cody Parkey, but. Damn it, they still won the game. Like, they still played good enough to put themselves in position uh, to win the game. And you look at them against the Saints. Saints, too. Yeah, exactly. Drop ball. uh, You know, no telling what would have happened had Alshon Jeffries caught that ball and kept the drive alive. 
I mean, we don't. We're not saying they would have won. We're just saying the drive would have been kept alive. And there's no telling what happens after that. So when you see that, in addition to this Patriots winning formula, you know what I'm saying that you put so eloquently. Look, <laughs> what is your excuse? <laughs> teams are starting to put their teams are putting their team through the microwave process. Like, hey, <laughs> we got to do this <laughs> real quick. This is this is popcorn. <laughs> We're not putting it in the oven. We need to have this like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that, that and that's what I and I think when we look at all these moves, and we have a draft coming up in a couple of days, and a lot of anticipation. I think that's exactly what's happening. I, I don't think the NFL. I don't think any of these 32 teams. I don't think you're going to hear the word rebuild. I don't think that's the, that's in anybody's vocabulary anymore. You throw it out the window. Every one of these teams, they're going out there trying to win right now. You think the Jets picked up Bell because it's a rebuilding year? The Jets are like sitting there saying, look, um, you know, let's go out there and, you know, maybe the Patriots are about to falter and now is our opportunity. You know, like teams are trying to win today. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. And that's why, you know, when you look at these quarterbacks, I mean, when you look at Russell Wilson, and I'm sorry. Ain't no way in the world Russell Wilson's worth $33 million a year. I'm sorry, he's not. I mean, we have, you know, we, we know who the best quarterbacks in the NFL are. And Russell Wilson ain't in that conversation. I mean, will he be one day? I mean, he's 30 now, so I don't know how much more time it's going to take. But, you know, with, with, you know, Brady currently still a four horseman and, um, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers probably the best in the game, and Drew Brees still playing at a very high level. And um, who am I missing? Roethlisberger still playing at a very high level. Um, you know, when you look at the next tier of quarterbacks, then you can start talking about Russell Wilson. But he ain't worth $33 million a year. Yet he is worth $33 million a year because he's worth because someone just paid it for him. But that's how much these guys, I mean, it is insane how much money is being spent. Dak Prescott is going to make between 25 and $30 million a year, and I love you, Dak. I do. You ain't worth that much money, bruh. I'm sorry, you're not. But that's what he's going to make. It, it's insane what you have to pay quarterbacks now to get a franchise quarterback that will be on your team for the next, three, four, five years, and you have to pay them because if you don't, someone else is going to get them. If you are labeled a guy, I mean, Dak Prescott is second in the NFL in wins in his three years behind only Tom Brady. And he's number one in completion percentage, and he's number one in fourth quarter QBR. I had to look all this shit up because I didn't believe it. So he called me $25-30 million. And he's got one playoff win. And he's going to make $25-30 million. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry. I love you, Zach. But I pride myself on my football integrity. You ain't worth that much money, bro. You should make $20 million a year. I'd be perfectly fine with $20 million. Not 30 But he's going to make close to $30 million because that's the going rate for a franchise quarterback, for a playoff contending team. That's what they're paying now. Like, holy shit. Thomas should raise me to be a damn quarterback growing up. So. 
Hey, did there. you did you know within Russell Wilson's contract negotiation, they tried to get his salary to escalate along with the cap, meaning they tried to get his salary to be a percentage of the cap versus just a number. Yeah. Yeah. They they pushed for that. They didn't get it, but that's what they tried for. Yeah, but I mean, when when the when the hood is open, you go for it. Shit, when I got divorced, she tried to get everything she could. <laughs> Same thing, escalation calls and whatnot. Get the hell out I of here! That, that is not what I was expecting to hear from the voice of reason. It just <laughs> feel like you had an emotional moment. Hey. <laughs> hey, she got everything. That shoebox she had in the closet, at the bottom of the closet, with money in it, she got that from him too. I'm just saying. Oof, damn. Um, Bam! <laughs> I'm ordering nigga. I'm ordering a nigga pizza from here to get the. Uh, that's how broke he was. Anyway. <laughs> and hell, I ain't had no teeth in my mouth to eat it. So it's sure. <laughs> hey, what did Richard Pryor say? You got any dreams? I want them too. Right? Um, yeah, but, right. <laughs> but and Russell Wilson, I believe, got like 65 million guaranteed. You know, so yeah. um. You know, and, and I'm not hating. I'm not hating on anybody. Go get, go make your money. All these guys, you play a violent sport, you're one shot away from paralysis, right? Like, we get it. You're worth, you know, you should. But when, when you take that away from it and just look at the pay scales these days, it's insane. It's insane. But if you want to be competitive, what have we learned in this game? You have to have, right? And, and I'm sorry. I'm just going to take credit for this because it's all over the NFL now. But I'm sorry, I don't recall anyone on any talk show saying this before Commissioner T said it on the Madden Voice years ago. But you have to have a head coach and quarterback combination relationship that works, period. And that means the quarterback's going to make buku money. He's going to make $30 million a year. And that dollar amount is increasing. It's insane. It's insane. But that's what's happening now. And then you got Tom Brady who's sitting there saying, well, I make $20 million a year because I've got endorsements. And, oh, yeah, my wife's a supermodel, and, you know, she makes $100 million a year. So I'm good. By the way, can you tell me what the big deal is with her? I don't get it. She's skinny, and she's she all right, but, like. Give me I'm Sierra, sorry. boy. Give me Sierra, because when she was braiding Holmes' hair, I was like, man, I wish I had some hair. I don't care how bad a job she was doing. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm screaming. But right, but Sierra's like Sierra, like 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 Giselle could buy and sell Sierra fifty times. <laughs> you know, that's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I agree with you, JV. But why is it that Giselle is so popular and has made so much money modeling? Because I don't see it. I don't get it. Yeah, she got really. But, she's got a really. She's got a really pretty face. I. Uh... I don't know if she's like. I think she might be a designer too. Maybe she models her own clothes that she makes. I'm not sure. This is out of my skill, yeah. but I, I think something along those lines. I think she might be a designer as well. Yeah. Yeah. And my girl okay. got a pretty face too. She ain't rolling in no millions. So I mean, I don't know. What yeah. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Giselle, Giselle's too skinny for my face, personally. Yeah, me too, man. You need a hammer cheese sandwich. Thank you, man. She does. She needs them. She's got a really pretty she's face, but brother. she's too skinny. Right, hey, you know, 
there was one other thing that I had meant to do a show on, and um, I never got around to it, but I did want to touch on it tonight. If you guys have comments on it, that's fine. Hold on. Um, T, before you, before you bring it to talk, I just wanted to uh, say one more thing about the whole Russell Wilson thing that I don't know. Yeah. And you guys have probably thought about it. Um, I'm sure you thought about it. So <clears throat> when Russell Wilson family, you know, B. Carroll made made that switch even after signing, uh, you know, Matt Flynn Matt over Flynn. from 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 yeah. from the Packers. Um, but he he saw what he saw in practice and preseason. He's like, I'm going with Russell Wilson. The Seattle team was scarier within his first three years because Russell Wilson didn't turn over the ball. He made the plays he needed to play, he needed to make. They had a stronger run game, and the defense was lights out. Defense is gone. Run game is weaker. And Russell Wilson is now putting up ridiculous numbers. But yet, that team is nowhere near as scary as it was a few years back. I just, this goes in line with you talking about Dak being worth it or not. You see the contracts that Russell Wilson get, and I'm not sure that that is the formula every team should follow when you need when a team wins you the Super Bowl and not just the quarterback because you pour so much money into that position and then you can't get any anything else. And all you have, all you that... will continue to have is a quarterback that gives you great stats, gets you into the playoffs, but yet you still get bounced. Uh, let's let's back that up so... a little bit because you had said yeah. before they're not as scary that team wasn't scary because of, of Russell. That team was scary because of that defense. I, that's my point. We, that that but, is but, my but point. I'm that that and that defense isn't there. But given given Russell this money is because he's he's doing more with less than he ever has before. And that's what I was saying to earlier in the show is that team went ten and six when we we all thought that they weren't going to be as good as they were in terms of their record, making it into the playoffs and whatnot. And a lot of that was on, on Russell's shoulders. He doesn't have the defense that he used to have. He sure doesn't have the, the running game that he used to have. Yet he still got him into the playoffs. And it, it, things like that is what gets him the contract. Plus, and I think T may have said it before, you don't pay him, somebody else going to. And then you're left with nobody. So do you, would you rather overpay and give yourself a shot somewhere and, and draft him strongly or free agency or be left without a quarterback? knowing how important that position is nowadays. It seems to me, just if I can interject real quick, there are two working models models right now in the NFL that are formulas that can lead the team to success. Like, Train was talking about the Russell Wilson one. So the D-Hawks were loaded because Russell Wilson was on that rookie contract and they were able to pay Michael Bennett, Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cliff Averill, um, the speedy Bobby Wagner. But eventually – the way it shaped up was that they couldn't afford, you know, Russell Wilson over the years if they kept paying these guys these monster contracts and they all left. So, I mean, they had that formula of cheap quarter, cheap rookie quarterback on a cheap deal and then surrounding them with massive talent, which is what the Rams are currently deploying and why we've seen them be so aggressive with trades under Jared Goff's rookie deal. So, if you have a rookie 
or a quarterback that's pretty good that's on a rookie deal. I think the formula is just build around them for as much as you can for a two- or three-year window and hope for the best. Whereas the other formula is, okay, well, now that that quarterback that's pretty good is off that rookie contract and is on a new one, you have to build around the quarterback and, and just try to get as much parts and hit in the draft as much as you can off value contracts and take in that massive contract from the quarterback. It's really one or the other because, again, when you have a quarterback on that rookie deal, it's like a short time frame in which you have – it's like running the quicksand for a couple of years before it eventually blows up. you got to pay the quarterback. Otherwise, like you guys said, someone else is going to pay him. Well, look at the Chiefs. Chiefs are doing it. Look at what the Cowboys have done the past couple of years. They've done it too. Yep. <laughs> and Eagles as well. Eagles did that with Carson Wentz. Eagles did the Carson Wentz. Did a quick quarterback on a rookie deal. Surround him with decent talent. Except the Cowboys are now at a dilemma because Dak is in the last year of his contract. And yep. and so now they're in a dilemma. And we've heard Stephen Jones, for anyone out there listening that doesn't know who Stephen Jones is, he's literally the guy running the team, uh, Jerry's son. But he's, he's, he's pretty much, you know, Jerry has veto power over everything, but Stephen's running the team. And we've heard the term team-friendly contracts come out of Stephen Jones' mouth because they're expecting that Dak will follow suit and not demand top dollars so that there's money left over to pay Zeke and Amari Cooper and, you know, the two linebackers and these other guys that are going to need to get paid. And you're right. That's the dilemma because if I'm playing, yes, I want to win, but I also want what I'm worth. And if I'm worth $30 million, why should I take 20 Like, that's a lot of money. Like, is yeah. it worth me? taking, you know, a big pay cut like that at the at the chance of being more competitive. There's no guarantee. So do you do you do you do a team friendly contract and then, you know, three years later regret it because you didn't win. <laughs> so you lost that money and you still didn't win, or do you just say, look, pay me, because if you don't, someone out there will. That you're right, that is the dilemma. There is no right or wrong. But that is what teams are facing. In this salary cap, um, you know, uh, I guess it's been salary cap era for um, since since '94, but uh, that that's what the balance is. And um, and then when you look at the teams, I mean, none of these teams, you know, even the Eagles, I mean, they won while Carson Wentz was in his rookie contract, but he ain't the one who won it. It's Nick Foles that won it, and they were able to get Nick Foles for a deal because Nick Foles was pretty much out of football. So there was a lot of luck around how the Eagles were able to get it done. And we don't know if Wentz would have been able to take them to the promised land. But if you look at the history of it, I mean, when are we seeing quarterbacks in their first three years in the Super Bowl? What, Russell Wilson? Other than that, I can't think of any. Big Big Ben. Yeah, Ben won year two. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger won in his second year. Okay. But to your point, oh, there's two and far between. There's two in twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, you know what I mean? So, so, so then the history says, you know, while you, while it's a smart thing to do, there's still no guarantees that that team because that quarterback isn't as good as he's going to be in three or four years. He's just not. 
doesn't have the experience. You know, Ben was able to win, you know, his second year, but look at the team he has. You know, Tomlin coming off of a team that had won a Super Bowl with top with uh under Cower and a lot of those players still being on the team. A lot of teams don't have that advantage. So, um, yeah, it's 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 that's why the off season has become so much entertaining. It's like it's entertaining now. You know, when when football ends, it doesn't really end. It ends on the field, but it continues throughout. You know. Uh, free agency and the trades and the draft and, you know, we're sitting back waiting, like, okay, what's going to happen and who's going to get traded Thursday night? Because, you know, somebody's going to make a splash Thursday night. And it's going to happen. In the first round, there's going to be a splash made Thursday night. I'm telling you now, just get ready. Batten down the hatches. Go get your cool, refreshing drink and your little snacky snack and just get ready because there's going to be something exciting that's going to happen Thursday night. Just watch. Just watch. Anyway, no doubt. Um, so the last thing I wanted to touch on real quick before we get out of here, um, and, it, you know, you guys certainly can jump in, but real quick, um, and, you know, I, I get a kick out of people that watch, that think they know football and really don't know football. It always amazes me. And, you know, the AAF came in their first year and, um, you know, the first week or so, there was this big splash, and um, you know, there were there were coaches and and names that we knew, and you know, and and people were really excited. And I sat back and I I watched like half of a game, and you know, I felt like I was watching like NFL preseason. That's what I felt like. You know, yeah, I knew some names, and but I wasn't. You know, it was all right. It was football, but it was NFL preseason level. But did I think for a second that it was going to last? No. Yet I got into discussions with people on Facebook that were like, oh, I think this league's got a chance. I'm like, y'all don't realize the power of the NFL. Like, the NFL is it. Ain't no league. XFL coming next. Hey, I love Vince McMahon. I think what he's done in wrestling, and I, and I love, you know, the fact that he's, he's taken a lot of risk. He did the XFL before. He did the bodybuilding thing and – you know, he got the, the Netflix-style network that's doing well. And, you know, hey, man, I love his entrepreneurial spirit. I love that he takes risks. But it ain't going to – you can't – you're not going to – you're not even going to touch the NFL. It is the most popular sport in this country right now. And dare I say the second most popular sport in the world behind soccer, or as they call their football. It, 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 it dethroned, in our lifetime, it dethroned baseball, which no one saw coming. Baseball was America's pastime. Yankees and Red Sox and, you know, I mean, like, it, it, baseball was it. Couldn't wait for summer. Now you can't wait for summer because of training camp. <laughs> it used to be off summer. The dog days of summer was baseball. Now it's that time. Am I wrong? Now we're waiting on training camp. Spring comes. We're not talking about opening day. We're talking about, oh, it's springtime. When's the draft? When's the NFL draft? NFL uh, has taken over. And I'm going to tell you what's coming, what's going to, what's next. If it hasn't replaced baseball, it will be number two, and that's basketball. With those young superstars that they got coming now, these guys that are coming up, the storylines that they have in the NBA right now, 
I mean, the best thing that could have happened to the NBA is LeBron James taking a year off. We'll see him next year. He'll be he'll be in the playoffs next season, and he'll, the Lakers will be there. We know this. There's no doubt. You don't believe that. You know that. But there's no way in hell that the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs next year. They would have made it this year if he didn't get hurt. So we'll see him next year. Take a year off. Go do your TV shows or whatever that you want to do. And but that's the best thing that could happen to NBA because now look look at all these guys that look at Damian Lillard. Dude is a beast. Getting all that shine right now. And I can go on and on, right? Look at the players that are getting shine because they're not getting overshadowed by the great LeBron James, right? So basketball, if it hasn't replaced baseball, even though the guys in baseball are making an insane amount of money, I don't even want $400 million, are you kidding mm. me? Unbelievable. But so not like baseball's hurting, but basketball is surging. My point in my little soliloquy here is, is there's a reason why we have what we have and if anyone that you're not, it, it, and really, even, and it's not a sport, it's, it's, it's just fun, but, you know, we, we said K-Star and I are big wrestling fans, right, K-Star, and, and how many oh, yeah. little yeah. factions have tried to take Vince McMahon down? WWF, now WWE. Oh, man. At the end of the day, he, he wins time and time again, and the closest one to do it was WCW, and they had a nice little run. Yeah. But it is. it's not a sprint. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And what, yep. who came out on top? Not only did he come out on top, he bought them. That's how bad it he was. Bought, he bought It took their talent and made it his own. Right, from Ted Turner. You know what I mean? So yep. it's just like, sorry, guys. Sometimes when something's established, it's just, it's, it's, this, isn't, this isn't like boxing where after a while, you know, Mike Tyson gets old and someone's going to beat him. Or Larry Holmes gets old, someone's going to beat him. Or, you know, Mayweather, you know, well, he hasn't lost yet, but he's getting up there in age. I'm hoping he's done. But eventually someone loses, right, because it's it, the changing of the guard and things. No, that, football, they ain't going anywhere. And all these little leagues that are starting to come up. I mean, hey, if you want to market yourself as a minor league to the NFL and a proving ground, a second chance, and work with the NFL – then that's a different discussion. But if you're trying to compete and be another pro league and you're doing it in the summer or the spring, give it up. That's going to work. NFL's a monster. $10 billion I believe that's what the AAF was trying to do. I believe the the first thing you said is what they were trying to eventually get to. I believe they, yeah, were, they were trying to be a theater. Like in the you're right. Yes, yeah. Right. They Then when they realized they were getting beat. Like they were like, damn, we this isn't gonna work. Then they started saying, well, we're hoping that we can give these guys another chance to get back to the NFL. And if us are just saying, oh, now you tell us, <laughs> maybe we just always had from you know from the beginning. Probably would have got a little bit more support. Yes, I think that's a great idea. If you want to work with the NFL, get their support, get their endorsement, get their funding and be called something like NFL 2 or something, and players that want a second chance can go into the spring league, okay, that might have a chance, but to try to create this And they should call it – you know, they, need to, they should do this, and they should, they should call it the NFL. I mean, if you're good enough, eventually you get called up to the NFL, man. The, N- the NFL, NFL. – you are an NFL, dude. The NFL 
Dope name. Okay, K-Star in rare form, boy. AB You're a real asshole, man. Like, I wish. <laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> hey, 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 K-Star. K-Star. Yeah. Yeah. You know how on that thread my buddy popped in and said, uh, but Dan still dropped it? Uh, yeah. That's a good friend of mine, by the way. And he always he, he'll do that he'll do that to me. He's a Redskins fan, by the way, um, which which why he yeah. shouldn't even really talk. Um, but anyway, um, well, he's a good that was good. Now, that was but, good com- uh, comedy relief in that thread. That was hilarious. Yeah, it really was. We needed it because you know you're kind of. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just gonna start saying to you every time you say something stupid, I'm gonna say that's pretty good, Kickstar. But um, uh, yeah, there was obstruction. So anyway, um. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, My ass was bright. I didn't see that one coming. I know. Oh, I know. My mouth was open. My mouth oh, was open. Damn, that's anyway, cold. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Anyway. Remember that fucking man? Um. All right, any final words for you guys? Let's go around the let's go around the room. Final words, and um, there will be a show next Tuesday night. Um, you guys, hopefully, all four, all four of us can make it. I'd like to take a look at, you know, let's talk about the draft and let's talk about what happened. Woo-hoo. So, um, final words, JB. We'll let you go first. Any final comments? Final comments would be really on the draft itself. Um, I'm I'm very curious to see which teams are able to capitalize on some of these off-season moves, i.e. the Browns um, and, and the Raiders, actually. I'm, I'm very curious to see what they're able to do with, I think they have the first four of the, or the first, the four of the first 35 or something like that. So I'm curious to see how they're going to shape their teams and um, how it's going to obviously impact it for the, for the regular season. So I'm watching those two closely. Okay. All right. Uh, K You know, Antonio Brown, I'm going to tell you something. The grass is always greener on the other side of the field. And you're about to see a lot of dirt balls by Derek Carr. Derek Carr wasn't good enough to propel Amari Cooper. So, what do you think is going to happen, AB? You trash Big Ben, a Hall of Fame quarterback, you're about to play with Derek Carr. Good luck, bro. I'm hurt. Jeez, man, what Derek Carr do to you? Lord have mercy. <laughs> um, man, there's been a lot of stuff going on this all season. The most recent is Robbie Gold refusing to sign his franchise tag and wants to be traded. Man, we don't have a lot of draft picks, but I'd sure like him to come back home to the Windy City. Uh, but this is probably one of the first drafts I could really care less about the first day other than to see what the other teams do. Because we don't have a fight in this at all. We've been in the top ten, the draft, the top ten of first round draft picks uh, for the past four years, and now we're not. It's a strange feeling. It, it really is. But um, we'll see. I'm just looking forward to Friday because this is the only time my team gets on the board. And it's the only day that really matters. Okay. Well, like the Bears, uh, the Cowboys 
you know, our first round draft pick is named Amari Cooper. Um, and <laughs> I have no regrets. Um, it happens to be the same name as my daughter and who, who had to, had to, uh, um, uh, she made a funny, she said, well, if I married Amari Cooper, both our names would be Amari Cooper. And for some reason, it just cracked me up. I just, uh, that was funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Jay, you know how Amari is with her dry humor. So, yeah, you, 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 quick, you know how, how, yeah. Um, so, um, but, I, you know, I'll put it to you this way. I'm excited about Thursday night as well. Matter of fact, I had made plans to go out um, to to a little thing going on at the local watering hole, and they'll probably televise the draft there, but won't be able to hear it. So I'm actually thinking about not doing that. I'll decide Thursday night because I could always record the draft and catch it when I get home. But um, normally, it's a big event for me. You know, I'll make some food, like, boom, you know, make the draft. I think it starts seven or eight, like eight maybe. So, you know, um, and, and I really appreciate what the NFL has done to make itself so friend-friendly over the years with the scheduling, with, um, you know, the coverage of the off-season off events, um, you know, and you can actually, you know, okay, so, you know, now it's free agency, right? Um, now, you know, okay, now you can talk to players. Okay, now you can sign players. Like, there's very definitive steps here, and there's no confusion. You know, so now it's the draft. <laughs> so that's it. So now for the next week, we will focus on the draft, right? And, and I really appreciate it. And, and it's a big production now, which, you know, I really appreciate. But we don't have a pick Thursday night either, but I'm still excited about it. But I'm also excited about, you know, I, I had made my kind of comments about teams wanting to win now and being kind of tired of the Patriots. And one of you guys, I think it was, um, it may have been JB, but one of you guys had said, yeah, and, or maybe it was Chain, said the Eagles too. And that's a, that was a, I didn't even think about how the Eagles went from Chip Kelly, you know, who I believe it was K-Star said was the smartest offensive mind in the NFL. But anyway, um, and that disaster to, you know, um, Peterson coming in and really very quickly making this team not only just a contender, but – you know, all the way to the Super Bowl. And and it's huge because they had never won a Super Bowl. So it's, it's huge. And I think a lot of teams, including my Cowboys, are like, oh, no, we ain't been here in 20 how many years? And so I'm excited that that's the tone around the NFL, including in Dallas. I'm excited. You know, like, okay, like no more excuses, right? No more, like, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do right now to win? What are we doing to win? and to make our team the best possible team that we could put on the field to win games and to make our fans proud. And I'm excited about that tone that I'm feeling from not just my team, but really from the entire NFL. I'm I'm thrilled. This this is going to be one hell of a season. It really is. So I'm excited. I'm excited about the NFL season, and I'm excited about um, the draft. And, um, and then I debated on whether I want to just kind of touch on this or not, but, hey, why not? Um, as JB knows, um, you know, we have a cousin that's not doing very well, and I uh, had literally been getting texts actually during the show um, about him, and he, he's still with us, but um, his, his 
time is very limited. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And, um, you know, Cousin Jimmy is, uh, is always one of my favorite cousins. And, um, you know, I, I, I won't tell any Cousin Jimmy stories right now, but I will say that I'm praying for a miracle. And probably not going to happen. It's pretty clear that it's his time. And, um, you know, he'll be missed. He was a good dude, funny guy, a lot of fun to hang out with and be around. And, um, you know, hey, I say this not really to be sad or to get sympathy for anybody, just to say, hey, look, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you got people in your life that you love, go hug them, go kiss them. You know, you just, you just don't know. You, you just don't. And uh, this is just another reminder that life is precious and life is short. And, um, hey, man, let's, you know what I mean? Like, let's not stress the small stuff. You know, because at the end of the day, it's all small stuff. I mean, if we all sat back and thought about the biggest problem we had in our life a year ago and how we thought that that problem was just insurmountable, you probably can't even remember what it is now because you handled it, you fixed it, you solved it, and you moved on and it's gone. It's gone. So remember that the next time. Don't waste time on stuff that don't matter. You know, just don't because we don't know. We just don't know. We really don't. So that's kind of my my message. Jay, I, I know sometimes you want to jump in and say a word or two, so I don't want to cut you out if you want to jump in there and add something. No, you, you said everything that I'm thinking, so uh, I concur, agree 100%. Great do, a lot of fun, uh, sad time, going to miss him, but as you are doing the same, I am also praying for a miracle, so God does amazing things, so you just never know. But everything else, obviously, 100% agree with. So, well said. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. So, hey, everybody, hey, I'm not going to end on a sour note. Um, draft's coming up. And, and, and of course, um, Avengers Endgame this weekend. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Just saying. Three-hour movie. Yeah. I'm saying Avengers Endgame. Three hours. I think it's like three hours and two minutes. I'm like, why y'all got to do that two minutes? Ain't three hours long enough? Uh, no, y'all got to add two more minutes. So, um, have reviews come in for that movie yet? So have reviews come in for the movie yet? Um, I haven't seen any, but it's it's kind of like no one cares. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, I was wondering where is it? Where's he going with that question? What do you mean review? Why do you need reviews? Well, let's go see the damn movie. Well, because the yeah, last one, the I last mean, one was so good. Because the last one was so right. good, I was just curious if like there's been any early screenings of it. That's all, and if what people thought. I don't think anyone. I don't. Damn, I don't bro. If you saw the last one, you're gonna go see this one. So I yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was. You could say, oh, this one sucked. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go see it. I mean, you know, it's just, it's you know. That's true. Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. I make myself laugh. All right. So, hey, great getting back with my fellas, man. I'll tell you, this was, um, you know, I, you know, this this here, to me, I don't know how long we'll be doing this, you know, um, but I hope it's for a while because this, to me, makes football season even more fun to take a couple of hours out of the week and talk it up with, you know, three of, three of the, the, the best people I know, even K-Star. Um it's uh, <laughs> it's 
it's uh it's it's just it, it adds to the fun of the season. So um I appreciate you guys. I know we're all busy. You know, I know we all got jobs and families and I, I get it, man. I I'm I'm there with you, but I appreciate it myself and whatever fans we got out there that still check us out, I know they appreciate when the four of us can get together and I'll talk a little football. So on that note, uh thank you guys. Thank you everyone out there for listening. Enjoy the draft, enjoy Avengers Endgame. And I will be back. Uh, well, let's just put it this way. I'll be here, and I'm hoping that we have a full house next Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern time, to talk NFL draft, trades, and any other developments that happened uh, in the NFL. So for Dr. Trent, for K-Star, and for my brother JB, um, hey, there's no game, so I can't say the feud will be settled on the field, but I can say – the next feud will be settled at the draft Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Enjoy the draft. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Good night, everybody. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.